Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Alex. And who would have thought at the beginning of this season, in training camp, or even before that during the draft time going into the 2022 NFL Draft, that we would be here on Thursday night, January 19th, not talking about the top three QB prospects in the NFL Draft looking to move on from Daniel Jones, but actually Daniel Jones looking to re-sign with this New York Giants team We don't know how long or how many dollars it's going to be, but we know he's probably going to be re-signing with this team eventually because he is a great leader. And the past month has been showing an absolute talent, you know, his talented self uh, to the NFL crowd, but not even that. Also that the New York Giants are going to be playing in a divisional game against the Philadelphia Eagles, our NFC rival in Philly. Who would have thought that coming into this year? Alex, I've been talking so much these last few episodes about Giant Take history, about Giant Take, you know, first ever playoff preview, first ever playoff recap, first ever playoff victory. Well, we're sending it again. It's our first ever New York Giants, or first ever uh, in the history of the Giant Take podcast, our first ever divisional round preview. We are here, we are covering it, and I'm super excited to do so with you. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's super exciting uh, going into divisional weekend here and the Giants still being in it. Um, and it's it's kind of surreal, man, considering how we all thought this season was going to go and how it's turned out. Um, you know, I, I couldn't be happier to be here. And I'm just really, really excited. Um, you know, no matter what happens this weekend, I'm really proud of this team. Probably one of my favorite Giants teams of all time, uh, you know, in my short uh, you know, life as a Giants fan uh, compared to most, but certainly one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really hoping that the Giants get the win here um, and just kind of continue this fairy tale season. Yeah, exactly. And this Giants team has a lot of places to go. I, I don't know if you've heard all the, the, not the rumors, but like the, the comparisons between Eli and his Super Bowl in, what was it, 2007? And this Super Bowl this year, Alex? Or was it the one in 2011 where he was a fourth year? It's like Daniel Jones, fourth year quarterback. Eli Manning, when he won that Super Bowl, fourth year quarterback. Um, and it's like uh, there, there was some other stuff too, but it was like the same record. And there was all these things that were matching. I think it might have been the 2011 season. I don't know. Have you heard about this? I don't know if you've heard about this. I do. It must have been 2007, right? Because Eli was drafted 2004. Daniel Jones drafted 2000 and. 19, right? right? But it was like 2020. Eli was a fourth-year yeah, so quarterback when he won that yeah. Super Bowl. Daniel Jones, fourth-year quarterback this year. I think the Giants yeah. had like the same record. Um, yeah, nine, very, well, nine, seven, and one. Yeah, very similar. Like there are some other few things like in a contract year maybe. I don't remember exactly the details, but I know some Giants fans have kind of been stirring with that now. Um, so – Let's get really right into it. I know for our wild card game, we kind of other, had other stuff to talk about. Let's really go right into the preview now and talk about it. The New York Giants, they go into Lincoln Financial Field this weekend, uh, specifically Saturday night at the 8.30 start time of this game with an 0-2 record against Philadelphia Eagles this season. Although, again, another thing I'm seeing from a lot of Giants fans, it is very hard to sweep a team in a season. The Eagles are going to try and do that. And to set the tone right, before we go any further, I'd like to uh, play Saquon Barkley's take kind of going into this game 
against Philadelphia and just his opinions and mindset going into Philly uh, and their fan base. Pretty much the same, but my mom and dad definitely going to show up to that game. Um, it's, I'm not going to say it's going to be the same, but Philly's Philly. Like, their fan base is it's crazy. They're, they're going to be loud. Uh, there's going to be chairs. There's going to be bulls. And there might be some double birds. Uh, that's, that's Philly, you know? Uh, it was funny when we were coming into the game last time. Uh, we were coming in, and we were like, there's like a little kid and his parent. And like I was just like staring. I was like, I want to see if he's gonna flip us off. He's gonna flip us off. <laughs> and he did it. He just gave us a thumbs down. I was like, okay, we're growing. We're growing. We're going in the right direction here. But um, playoff, yeah, right. Playoffs is definitely. I expect it to be a hostile environment. This is playoffs. I mean, this this that's how it's gonna be. Um, you know how Philly fans are. And you know, growing up in Pennsylvania, obviously I was a Philly fan growing up. I had a lot of Philly fans. I know how passionate they are. So um, it's gonna be fun. And this stuff that you dream about as a kid uh, in an atmosphere like was in Minnesota, and you know another atmosphere, a great atmosphere and going to Philadelphia. All right. That's Daniel Jones, uh, New York Giants running back, talking about his feelings going into this game. And uh, he does Daniel Jones, the New York Giants running back. Saquon what is this? Barkley, the I New York Giants positions. Saquon Barkley, the New York Giants running back, um, talking about his thoughts going into the game in Philly. And obviously he did grow up in the area and also went to Penn State. Uh, so he definitely knows Pennsylvania well. Uh, and I'm sure Philadelphia Eagles fans well, too. Alex, you want to continue? I feel like I've been going for a little bit. Yes, I'll go right ahead. Um, so we are still looking out for updates, more updates, I should say, regarding Jalen Hurts. Uh, he was returning from a late sh- uh, from a shoulder injury late in the season. Uh, he didn't exactly look the same uh, even against the Giants. Right, we saw he was not really doing any of his um, you know notorious QB scrambles. wasn't really moving out of the pocket. Um, and his throws really weren't as accurate. Um, and then on the other hand, you've got a guy in Daniel Jones who's just getting better and better each week and looking sharper and sharper, um, you know, probably playing the best football of his NFL career. Um, so kind of interesting to watch how those trajectories of those two guys, um, you know, kind of are uh, at a crossroads, I guess you can say, um, you know, going into this game. And Daniel Jones, he's the first QB in NFL postseason history with at least 300 passing yards, two touchdowns, passing touchdowns, and 70 rushing yards. Uh, we all saw that stat, um, you know, in the game uh, against Minnesota. So we'll have to see how these two QBs, um, you know, how their, you know, differing trajectories uh, impact both their teams and how it could possibly impact the result. Yeah, and Alex, I mean, you look into this game and you look into Daniel Jones and it's really about how he's going to perform. I mean, how better of a playoff debut can you have than what Jones had in Minnesota? There's nothing really that tops more than that performance. Again, first player to ever to do something like that. That's NFL history, NFL postseason history in your very first game in the postseason. It really doesn't get better than that. And there was another stat on the Rich Eisen show where he was talking about it was three guys to ever do uh, this stat with with um, passing like that, and I think in your first game, and it was between Daniel Jones, Kurt Warner, and Colin Kaepernick back in 2012. Um, I mean, Colin Kaepernick, he had that little run for a few years uh, before his NFL career dropped out. But we know, you know, American Underdog, Kurt Warner. I mean, even there's a movie about him, so uh, that has to show how good he was in the NFL and how much of an impact he had in the league and the great story that comes with Warner. Uh, but to be in a group with those two guys um, when it comes to your playoff debut is pretty special. And to be in a group of your own with that sound is also pretty cool. 
We move to the snap count stuff now. Uh, just a couple of things there. Caught, talking about Julian Love and Xavier McKinney, they played all 57 snaps of that Giants game in the wild card round against Minnesota. Dory Jackson missed only two snaps, which was pretty crazy because that was his return game from injury um, that kept him out a few weeks. Kayvon Thibodeau had 53, Leonard Williams 52, and Dexter Lawrence 51. All played 88% or higher of the snap uh, total snap count on defense, and Dexter Lawrence actually played five more snaps when he was out there on special teams. Let's transition to coaching uh, because even though we're you know talking about this game and previewing this game, the Giants coaching staff now, all of a sudden, everyone wants them. Everyone wants to interview them. Uh, the Giants have one really good season and everyone's wanting to know how is jo- what's Joe Shane and Brian Dable cooking up over there in New York. So both now the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants, Mike Kafka, and defensive coordinator Wink Martindale have head coaching interviews after the divisional game and they're going to be taking place on Sunday. NFL insider Ian Rappaport tweeted, Kafka is set for interviews with the Colts, Panthers, and Texans, while Wink Martindale has an interview with the Colts on Sunday. wonder if they're going to be in the same room for both interviews. They're sitting together, and one guy like Kafka goes on, all right, Kafka, you can, you can go and you can grab Wink now. <laughs> they're just both in the Giants facility. I was seeing some comments like, how the heck are they going to prepare for this interview on a Sunday when they're literally playing the game of their lives? on a Saturday night in their, in these, you know, their positions that they're in right now. So what I saw in response to this with that was that it's the best time for these guys to interview on Sunday, because if you think about it, well, if the giants lose this game, you know, unfortunate circumstances happen and the giants lose this game on Saturday night, well, they fly home with the team, they're back home and they're able to interview for the job and kind of just get it out of the way and lock in with all season or whatever it is. If they win, the Giants pull off a miraculous victory and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles and they move on to the championship before Martindale and Kafka go into game mode for the championship and preparing and scheming and practicing and walkthroughs and all of that. They get Sunday off. So on the day that they have off, they would do these interviews with the, you know, with the other uh, teams that they're interviewing with. But pretty crazy that it's a possibility that the New York Giants could lose their offensive coordinator, and or their defensive coordinator this offseason. I hope both things don't happen. Uh, Kafka and Martindale were both very you know, set on this week and the game this week. They pushed their interviews till Sunday, like I just mentioned. They were not doing interviews this week. They, they made sure to tell the media that. Um, they're focused on this game, this team. And again, huge respect to both of them. Congrats to them for getting these interview slots. And I guess that just shows how good they've been doing uh, for this Giants team, it shows how Kafka has really helped with the development of Jones and Wing Martindale has shown his defensive skill set and his uh, tremendous amounts of blitzing and how that has successfully worked this season for the Giants. So we'll have to see what their interviews look like. Uh, but Alex, I'll send it back to you. Yeah, I mean, just for my opinion real quick, you know, Wink only has one interview just with the Colts. And to be honest, I don't think Wink's getting a head coaching job. Uh, you know, the trend now has been more offensive minded coaches and if defensive coaches, younger, uh, you know, more aggressive defensive coaches. Um, and obviously Wink fits that aggressive bill younger, not so much. So I would be my guess that he sticks around with the Giants. Mike Kafka, who knows? He's got three interviews. Uh, he's an offensive guy, young, you know, creative. I think a team could take a chance on him despite his lack of experience. Um, and this year being his first year as an offensive coordinator. 
Uh, I do think it is possible that a team could possibly snatch him up, but hopefully not. Um, and moving on to the practice, uh, the practice schedule for this week, the Giants had a walkthrough practice on Tuesday uh, with the short game week and uh, the game happening on Saturday night instead of a usual Sunday kickoff. Uh, on Tuesday, Brian Dable said Jason Pinnock uh, with the abdomen injury has turned a corner is trending well in the right direction. While Zizo Jolari with his quad slash ankle injury will be a limited participant. Other than those two players, the Giants were healthy. Um, there was a few, you know, nicks um, on some players, though, in the injury report, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. On Wednesday, uh, all the key Giants players listed on Tuesday's pre- uh, projected injury report were on the practice field during the media viewing period, including Adore Jackson, Ojolari, Pinnock. Um, and those are the three guys that were on the injury report, but we did see them in practice. On Thursday, Dable hinted that uh, Aziz Ojolari with his quad and Fabian Moreau hip will be listed as questionable on the game status report. Dable said that Moreau got dinged up on the last drive against Minnesota, which is why Cordell Flott went in for the final two plays. Um, Ojolari made it sound like he plans to play, but the question is how much the quad contusion will impact him. Uh, And with that, I will head to the injury report right now. So on Tuesday, the limited participants were Landon Collins, Isaiah Hodgins, both with ankle injuries, Adoree Jackson back, Julian Love hamstring, Fabian Moreau hip, Aziz Ojolari quad, and Jason Pinnock Pinnock abdomen. Wednesday, uh, Landon Collins stayed limited uh, with Isaiah Hodgins with the ankle injury. Adoree Jackson was back to a full participant. Julian Love was limited with the hamstring, Fabian Moreau hip, Aziz Ojolari quad also limited. And then on Thursday, uh, today when we're recording this, Landon Collins uh, was limited with Isaiah Hodgins again with that ankle injury. And then Julian Love, Fabian Moreau, and Aziz Ojolari also limited. And then today is a special day because the game is Saturday night. We do have the game statuses. And the only game statuses, everyone is good to go except for Mr. Aziz Ojolari with that quad injury, he is questionable uh, for the game against Philadelphia, and that is our Giants injury report um, and mostly healthy Giants team going into Saturday night. Super exciting stuff. I'm actually very surprised that it's, I mean, I guess it makes sense because Ojolari did go out in that game, but he didn't go to like the hospital or anything with Pinnock. He got injured and immediately was sent to the hospital and then came back and kind of partied with the team a little bit before they ended up going on the plane and going home to New York or New Jersey. But it's interesting that after all of that, Pinnock becomes the one who's full participant in practice and then Aziz Ojolari is the one that's limited and the only questionable giant heading into this game. Although, Alex, I, this is a great, a great place for the Giants to be in, similar to last week where there is basically no one there's that, well, actually, there is no one that is not going to play on uh, on Saturday or like with a 100% chance not playing. There's a chance that Ezekiel Jolari might not play. But what I'm trying to say is there's no one officially ruled out before the game even starts, which is a great sign. Ojolari, we know he's going to be a big piece for the Shine team if he is able to play, go on the opposite side of the rookie Kayvon Thibodeau. Can draw some pressure to Jalen Hurts, which after we talk about our players to watch and the score and all of that, uh, like I did for the wild card game. This is a big deal. This is a divisional game. This is bigger than the wild card game. So just like I went through a few points on offense and defense last time to kind of go over, I want to do that again here and why it's important. So 
Um, Jalen Hurts, getting pressure on him is key, and that's what I'll talk about a little bit later. But if we're not having Aziz Ojolari, you're going to have a guy like Jihad Ward step on the grass uh, and, you know, step on the turf, sorry, and, uh, you know, play alongside Kayvon Thibodeau in that starting role. And it's something against Jihad Ward, but he's not Aziz Ojolari. So I hope Ojolari is good and healthy and able to play and help this team out. Again, questionable is questionable. I'm sure he'll listen to the trainers, but it's also a divisional game, and it's the biggest game of his career. So I'm sure he's going to want to step on the field if there's even a chance that he'll play. I think he'll play. Alex, you agree with me on that? Yeah, I I would say right now it's a good 90-95% chance that he is a go for Saturday night. Uh, I do think he'll be a little bit limited. And to be honest, with Jalen Hurts, it's not as much about, you know, getting him you know, uh, you know, getting a sack on him because it's going to be really tough uh, to grab him when he's so mobile. But I think, you know, it's more using that veteran savvy that I think, you know, Jihad Ward has that could be very helpful. And, you know, O'Shane Zimenez has, you know, had some good reps from time to time as well. So if Ojolari can't go or if he's, you know, quite limited, I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, Obviously, we wish to have him out there 100 percent, but, um, you know, I think we the Giants are going to be capable of adjusting uh, and hopefully you know being okay on that uh, side of the defensive line. Um, moving on to our NFL picks here before we talk more about this Giants versus Eagles divisional matchup. Um, last week, Josh and I both went three and two in our wild card predictions. Uh, this week, we both hope to do better. Um, so we have Chiefs Jaguars Saturday afternoon. Uh, we both have the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals uh, on Sunday. I have the Bills, Josh is the Bengals. That's probably the game that everyone's circling on their calendar. Um, and then 49ers and Cowboys. Let's pray the 49ers win. Josh and I both have the 49ers. Um, and those are our picks for this week. But we have one more pick to make, uh, which will be coming up in a little bit. Giants versus Eagles. Josh, do you want to talk about some of your players to watch? I would like to talk about my players to watch, Alex. Thank you very much. Let's start out with my Eagles player to watch, and that's going to be Hassan Reddick. Yeah, um, another thing I'm going to be talking about, this defensive line of the Eagles. Whoa, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, he uh, Reddick himself ended up tying with, oh my gosh, I have to find out his name. But he tied in second, maybe... No, I'm not going to. I think it was Miles Garrett, but I'm, I'm going to double check in a minute. Um, he ended up tied in second uh, in sacks this past regular season with 16 sacks. Linebacker for the Eagles. Reddick is going to be a big force uh, that to be reckoned with. And he can get to Daniel Jones pretty easily and pretty quickly if this offensive line does not hold themselves to the right place. Basically, this entire defensive line can. And Daniel Jones is going to have to work on scrambling. And its I don't think it's going to be the same amount of time that he got against Minnesota Vikings. Now, I'm not going to say the Minnesota Vikings has a horrible D-line, but I wouldn't say their D-line is very good. So he had more time. He's not going to have more time or time at all to throw against this Eagles team. They have a very good defensive line. So that's what I have to say there and why Hassan Reddick is my player to watch. Darius Slayton, my player to watch for the New York Giants. Eagles, they have very good uh, couple of cornerbacks. Darius Slay, our former friend, former New York Giant, James Bradbury. One of the wide receivers is going to have to step up, whether it's Slayton, whether it's Hodgins, whether it's James. One of them is going to have to break one of these really good cornerbacks and get it open on their routes. We're going to have to see which one it is. 
Maybe it's Slayton or maybe it's Hodgins. I think it's going to be one of those two. James underrated though, because he isn't playing probably. He won't be playing against Darius Slay or Bradbury. So maybe look out for him too. But one of these three have to break out. And I'm hoping it's Darius Slayton, who, if you remember, dropped that ball on a third down, which forced the Giants defense to step up and win the game. If he caught that, it was an easy run for a first down. Instead of looking at the ball, catching it, then looking upfield, he already looked upfield, dropped the ball, almost cost the Giants their season. But he didn't, and we're here. But let's hope Darius Slayton kind of redeems himself and is a huge playmaker all in, the in this past game. Now. Yeah, all in the past now. Um, but hopefully, yeah, like you said, Darius Slayton uh, can really step up for Daniel Jones in this offense. Um, the guy I'm looking at, this Giants team's going to be under a lot of pressure from this great defensive line. These corners are going to hold up really well against these wide receivers. They're, you know, top tier cornerbacks in Bradbury and Slay. Daniel Jones going to have to look to check down the ball quickly. Uh, and obviously Saquon Barkley is going to be a guy that they're game planning around. I think a guy that they won't be game planning around as much is Daniel Bellinger. He's going to be that guy that he can, that Daniel Jones can check it down to under pressure. Um, maybe has some favorable matchups against some of the Eagle linebackers. And I think he could be a critical piece uh, for the Giants when trying to move the chains on those third and shorts, um, you know, and just trying to get things moving on first down as well. So he's my player to look out for on the Giants. And then on the Eagles, Jason Kelsey, he's really the leader of that offense. And I think his matchup against Dexter Lawrence is going to be fascinating. Uh, You know, two sharks going head to head. And I'm really excited to see who wins. Obviously, Kelsey, the savvy veteran, um, while Dexter Lawrence kind of, uh, you know, still on the younger side, but really, really strong uh, and just physically menacing and is tearing these interior linemen apart. Let's see how Jason Kelsey and that interior Eagles offensive line does against him and Leonard Williams. Um, And those are my two players to watch for this divisional game. Now we will head to our score predictions. This is a tough one. Um, It's kind of trying to go with your brain and your heart. I think I've gone 50-50. I do think the Giants can win this game. I think they really, really can win this game, especially I said it in the like. If you're looking at this game in a lens of it's week 12, there's no chance. But you're looking at this game. But it's not week 12. Right. That's exactly the point, Alex. Go ahead. Sorry. What I would say here is I mentioned this in the post in the in the recap ep- uh, episode against the Vikings. This Eagles team's been sitting on the couch for a week. They just got back. They're in practice. If you check, some of their veterans even got a rest day on their first day back from practice. Resting from what? Too much Xbox. So I think it is possible that if the Giants get a quick start here that they can really win this game. If they can get a couple touchdowns early, if they can kind of shock this Eagles team, get them on their toes, um, you know, kind of running backwards here, I think the Giants could really, really pull up an upset here. Obviously, this is a much, much tougher opponent than the Vikings. I think we all know that. The Vikings, uh, you know, everyone was kind of predicting an upset there. I don't think anyone has the Giants here. I think it's going to be a tough, tough game. But I, for my prediction, I have the Giants getting off to a fast start. And that's why I have them winning 30-28. to 28. Um, Close game, but I have the Giants winning. And the Giants have been in close games all year. And they've been winning them, uh, including last game, which was the most important one of the season. Oh boy, Alex. Um, you were talking about 50-50 hard head uh, comparison there. 
Alex, this is a 100% heart type of pick. And I think I talked about this on my wild card episode on the wild card preview. I'm, I'm a total pessimist when it comes to the Giants team and I picked them to beat the Minnesota Vikings. And you know what? They beat the Minnesota Vikings. So what do I do? I come right back. I do the same exact thing, judging with my heart. And what I want is a 27-24 New York Giants victory. It's a, gu- a gritty, gutted out, triumphant win for this Giants team. I'm not going to say how it happens, but I do think it's going to come down to a field goal worth of a margin. And I think that is how the Giants win this game. I'm not saying it's a game-winning field goal, but I think it will be extremely close. And my score prediction is 27-24 for this game. And This Giants team is changing you, Josh. It's changing your outlook on life. I mean, this team is such a group. It's a pairing, and it's the dynamic is there. And like the the aspirations for a Super Bowl, obviously I know we're saying this in the divisional round, but they're there. Like you see this team and you're like, you know, hell, why not can't they make a run? Like what is really stopping this team from going all the way there? And there really isn't anything. Like there's no setbacks, right? There's nothing holding this team back because there were there were no expectations going into the season. So what's to stop them from making a run and going to the Super Bowl this year? There's literally there's no pressure. Nothing. There's no pressure in yeah, this game. We're Giants fun. are not expected Daniel to win. Jones is breaking down the huddle with a gritty today. Did I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. Jordan Ronan tweeted a video. You can't really see it. Yeah. Daniel Jones, Brian Dable breaks it down, gives it to Jones. Jones gritties in the huddle, and all the Giants get hyped. They were you know hyping themselves up with music today. And, you know, some people might come on the team, you know, might, might come at the team on Twitter and be like, they're not prepared. They're not focused. They're losing the music. No, they're having fun. And they're building their chemistry as they do every single week. And you know what? They can dance a little bit because this team won a wild card game. They've gotten somewhere this season. And a lot of other teams in the NFL, they can't say that. Because why? They're not one of the last few teams in the NFL playoffs at this point. The Giants are. Okay, so like I was talking about earlier, Alex, and what we were talking about, if this game's in week 12, before Jalen Hurts gets a shoulder injury... And when the Eagles are the best team in the NFL, you are like, there's absolutely no way the Giants win this game. Well, it's not week 12, like you said. It's the divisional playoffs. Jalen Hurts did have a shoulder injury. And we still don't really know what's going to come from it. Jalen Hurts threw a pick in that game against the New York Giants, and it wasn't a great throw. He also struggled doing well against an entire second team defense, basically. That was our second team defense. That was without a Dory Jackson back. That was with our lower cornerbacks. That was with without, I think, Alex, uh, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think Kayvon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Aziz Jalari. I don't think they played in that game. None of them. And no. Jalen Hurts was having trouble scrambling out of the pocket. Could have been in the shoulder, but also could have been how good the second team Giants defense is. Could be a mix of both things. So keep that in mind. But I double checked my stuff and Hassan Reddick was tied in second with um, I already forgot his name, Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns for top two in sacks on the year in the NFL. And it's not just him. Uh, Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham. Uh, what is it? Jason, is that his first name? Sweat. Fletcher Cox, obviously. Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat, thank you. Uh, guys like that have really made an impact for this team. Hargrave, Graham, and Sweat all tied with 11, tac- 11 sacks on the year. Fletcher Cox with seven. This team is really freaking good. And then you look at their cornerbacks. 
They have C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who has six interceptions on the year. Then Bradbury and Slay, both with three. Three good cornerbacks to cover three. Well, now they're really good. But three, if you look at the beginning of the year, not so good wide receivers of Slayton, uh, Hodgins, and James. So what I would say on offense to look out for is how these wide receivers can break out and get open, get separation against these top quality cornerbacks. I'm not even worried about Saquon Barkley because truthfully, I think I'm not going to say we'll have no problem breaking through this Eagles uh, defense because he struggled throughout the regular season when they played them in that earlier matchup when the Giants got crushed at home and the Eagles scored like 48 points on the team, almost dropped 50. He struggled. But this is playoff Saquon. This is different. We saw it against the Vikings, how ready he was for the playoffs in his first playoff game. So I have no worry about Saquon Barkley. On offense, I want to see how the wide receivers can get open on these top quality cornerback talents and how Daniel Jones can perform in his second playoff game where the stakes are a little bit higher. The fans, they're going to be booing a little more and not just booing. They're going to be saying stuff that you're not going to want to hear on a, you know, every day walking around the streets of uh, your local neighborhood. Um, in Philadelphia, the environment's going to be crazy. It's going to be very hateful towards the Giants and Giants fans, but that's what we're used to. And if we can walk out of that stadium, Alex, if the Giants can walk out of that stadium, imagine walking out of Lincoln Financial Field in the divisional round of the playoffs beating the Eagles. How satisfying that would be for the team, but the fans there as well and watching. I might just drive down to Philadelphia and start screaming. And in running around in my Giants jersey would, before I get it would shot, be so, <laughs> it would be so wonderful. You know, it, it would not be safe to do that. That would not be a good idea, no, especially if we beat them. It would not. Not a good idea. No, not not at not all. Not a good idea. But um, so that's what I'm looking for on offense. Can Daniel Jones do it again in his second performance? Can the wide receivers get open on top quality cornerback talents on defense? Let's get pressure on Jalen Hurts. The Giants did not sack Kirk Cousins once in that game last week. Did you know that? Because I wasn't even thinking about it. I just felt like they had so much pressure on Cousins. There were so many pressures coming from Dexter Lawrence. No one got him on the ground. There was never a sack of, of Kirk Cousins. It's crazy. I thought there like was a few. There wasn't any. So can they get a sack on Jalen Hurts? Is that possible? Please. I would love it. Kayvon Thibodeau, where are you? Rookie, I want to see you shine. Get a sack in this playoff game. Dexter Lawrence, you too. Uh, Mr. All-Pro, right? Let's get some pressure on Jalen Hurts. Let's force him out of the pocket. Let's force him to scramble, which again, since that shoulder injury, since he's come back from it and rehabbed from it, he hasn't really been able to scramble. So let's get him in those tough situations and maybe he ends up throwing another interception to this team. And that's what I look forward to on defense. Alex, I know I know you're, uh, you know, you're waiting for me to end these. Okay, I understand that. But do you have anything to add before we move on? I would like to hear what Alex has on his mind as he's sitting with his face and hands, just like about to fall asleep. I know it's nine o'clock. I'm contemplating. Or seven o'clock. It's nine I'm contemplating. I'm contemplating. I'm contemplating. I like I said before. I think my biggest epiphany uh, for this whole for this whole preview is that I think if the Giants get off to a fast start, you know, if Eagles get the ball first, you know, play aggressively. If you're all, if, if you're in the secondary, who knows. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts might leave a couple loose balls up there. If you're on offense, move the ball quickly. Maybe start with some deep shots early. Um, and I think that's kind of going to be the game plan. And I'm hoping Brian Dable, um, Mike Kafka, and Wink Martindale, you know, really think about this. 
um, you know, send lots of blitzes early, aggressive defenses yep. early, and aggressive offensive play calling early, deep shots to Slayton, deep shots to Hodgins, deep shots, you know, to whoever it may be. And I think that that's going to be the recipe for success. Don't start off by running the ball, um, you know, slowly. Get into a quick no huddle maybe even uh, in the first quarter. I, I think that's going to be the, the key recipe for success against this Eagles team. We always see it every single year. The team that's on the bye week, they always look a little bit sluggish in the beginning. The only thing that, you know, the thing is, they're eventually going to get back into their flow. The thing, you know, we just need to know, are they going to have a huge deficit to come back from? And I think that's going to be uh, the big thing here for the Giants. But the Giants have always been a second half team. So it's a, a it's kind of a give and take here about what really happens uh, with the Giants and how they decide to approach this game early on. All right, I got one more thing that I'm going to mention, and I want your take on it. Let's talk about the man himself. Well, not the man himself, because, I mean, we don't really call him the man, but down there in uh, in Philly, they, in fact, do. And that's their top-tier wide receiver. <laughs> no, he's not Justin Jefferson, who I think is, you know, debatable. Not, de- not debatably. See, now you got this in my in my head now that he's debatably the number one wide receiver in the NFL. That's not true. Uh, but tied while... Um, well debatable. I personally think there's, I personally think there's a group of wide receivers who are very, very elite. And I, I don't think any of them are better than each other. They have different skill sets and they also are put in different situations. So there you go. That's my opinion. The whole point of what I'm going to say, we're not talking about Justin Jefferson. We beat the Vikings and Justin Jefferson is in Cabo or wherever he is on his vacation now at this point in the Bahamas. Okay. Let's talk about AJ Brown. That's their main threat on the Eagles. They traded for him this past offseason from the Titans. Very good, very good, very good wide receiver. Top five wide receiver in the NFL. However, the Giants, I'm not going to say they shut Justin Jefferson down, but they limited him to under 100 yards. And when you're able to do that against a guy like Justin Jefferson, that's pretty good to say as a defense that we limited Justin Jefferson to under 100 receiving yards. So are you worried about Adoree Jackson covering a guy like Brown? Because honestly, I'm not. The Giants were able to cover Jefferson fine if they're able to do that I think they're able to do the same thing with Brown I think Jackson could shut him down as much as they can right I'm not saying they're shutting him down but they're able to limit AJ Brown to as much as they can limit AJ Brown and then worst comes to worst we have a drop back zone Xavier McKinney's there again almost had a pick against Jefferson last week I have trust in the secondary that they can do their job against that guy here's my opinion on things I would actually put a Dory Jackson on Devontae Smith I think that's the best matchup here because I think what you do is you put a Dory Jackson on Devontae Smith and then you put Fabian Moreau and obviously double him, double AJ Brown, Fabian Moreau plus a double, you know, a, a deep line, you know, a safety kind of on top of him as well. Fabian Moreau, number one, he's a little bit of a bigger guy. AJ Brown's a very physical receiver. You need a guy who can really go toe to toe to him, toe to toe with him, you know, physically. And I think a Dory Jackson could struggle a little bit with that, whereas I don't think Fabian Moreau would in that aspect of things. Uh, obviously, he's not as good of a cornerback, you know, reactions-wise, as Adoree Jackson, speed, everything, pretty much everything except for size, um, you know. But I think that would be the best idea. Just have a double on A.J. Brown, kind of take Devontae Smith out of the game, hopefully, with Adoree Jackson. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, you still got guys like Dyer, you know, Dallas Goddard and Quez Watkins to deal with. But to be honest... If those guys beat you, then you just kind of got to hold your hands up and say, you know, we were beat. Um, you know, if you you don't want to lose to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. 
It has been super exciting being able to cover a playoff team. We've never done this before. This is new to us, and we've had a lot of fun so far. And we hope that fun doesn't end come Saturday night or Sunday morning uh, whenever our Giants versus Eagles divisional round recap comes out. But we appreciate you listening thus far. If you're just joining us this episode because it's the playoffs, please hit that subscribe button. We would really appreciate you joining our community. We've been doing this for a few years now. Uh, not just here, but on the Giant Take YouTube channel. So hit the subscribe button. You can also follow us on our social media channels, the Giant Take Pod on Twitter and TikTok, the Giant Take Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Alex, he's on Twitter at Anorian23. I'm on Twitter at Joshua29. And all of that information that I talked about, plus a little bit more, is in the podcast notes. Without further ado, Alex, you can go ahead and take it away. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast. And we'll see everyone, hopefully, after a divisional round win against the Eagles looking forward to the conference championships. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.